0: So rumors are starting to surface that Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror weren't always the center of attention for the future of the MCU. Also, James Gunn, you know, it set some people straight on Instagram and Twitter, letting us know that we can't believe all the rumors we hear. And today is May 24th, 2023, and JT is here to give us his top picks and comic book reviews for New Comic Book Day. I'm your host, Amir, and this is The One in one hundred podcasts. All right, let's get to it, man. Listen, I know we are sponsored by Comics on Coffee. But man, we got some tea to talk about this morning. Uh, There was an interview on the big picture podcast uh, and they interviewed an author named Joanna Robertson and she's the author of an upcoming book called MCU, the reign of the, of Marvel studios. Uh, And she spoke about what's going on uh, over there at Marvel with the whole Jonathan major situation. Um, and what she basically said was uh, it was not the plan to make Kang the center of everything. Uh, and the quote that she had uh, here that she said was, I was told by someone who works for Marvel. It was not the plan to make Kang the center of everything until they saw what everyone was saying about quantum mania and after his performance in Loki. So she's talking about Jonathan majors, which was so strong that they were like this is it this is our way forward uh we've lost our varsity hero team but let's set up around this guy Kang and this performer that so many people are reacting to so yeah Jonathan Majors pretty much was given the keys to the MCU uh, to, to drive them into victory as Kane the Conqueror based off of his performances in Quantumania and, and Loki. Um, and I'm not mad at them for that. Yo, the dude is a badass actor. But now that everything, um, Is kind of like put on pause right now because it's because of his situation. Uh, Marvel's kind of stuck right now, Um, and she also said that like they've never actually uh, hung their hat on one person, you know, to take a franchise into you know the future not like this you know even and and i mean that's true you can go back and look at it from iron man to captain america to thor uh black panther you know ant-man avengers you know the hulk like we've gotten so many great characters all the way up until phase four where the movie started to fall off and you can see that the mcu was kind of like at a standstill they were a little stuck and uh every movie we would go to they would say like listen uh this movie's going to bring it together this movie's going to bring it together and basically what what joanna robinson is saying is that they didn't really have a plan they didn't have anything they didn't know what direction they wanted to go into uh Everything really came to a a nice, neat bow, you know, at the end of the uh, Infinity Saga with Thanos and Endgame and all that stuff, man. Like, honestly, if Marvel was a smaller company and they put these movies out, these 20 something movies out and was like, that's it, we're done. People probably would have been sad, of course, but the amount of great work that they put out at that time. I don't think anybody would have been super upset. You know, like it wouldn't have hurt that bad. You know, it would have went out on top. They would have went out like Jordan before he returned to the wizards or Peyton Manning. When he won a championship with my Denver Broncos, they would have went out on top, but now they're in this situation where now they're absolutely stuck. And I mean, they haven't come out and said like, Oh no, we're moving away from Jonathan majors or anything like that. And, You know, it seems like they're kind of in support with of him. Um, I mean, there are rumors out there that he might be recasted even in Loki season two or, you know, they're just not putting him out as a part of the film right now because they don't want that backlash. They can't really, you know, tie their boat to his anchor right now because it's very unstable right now but this was very interesting to find out that the mcu really didn't have a a real plan before jonathan majors uh as kang fell into their lap you know kang dynasty was just something that they discovered in recent years that they were going to move forward with and now we're kind of stuck in limbo so i definitely want to see uh, what takes place in the coming months i mean hopefully the writer strike can end sooner than later but you know we'll see uh but with that said let's kick it over to jt because it is wednesday may 24th 2023 and jt's got his comic book reviews and top picks JT, what's going on, man? We got a new comic book day, and uh, I saw some nice books on the table. I didn't pick up everything, but I saw some really nice books out. What would you get a chance to pick up?
1: Yeah. Good evening, Amir. Good evening, everybody. It's JT. Um, You know, I picked up a few books this week, a couple of um, enjoyable reads. I have a couple of honorable mentions Mm -hmm. that I'll go through at the end. But the first book I did was by Ann Nacenti and Sid Kretowin, which is storm number one. Uh, This is a miniseries, I believe is going to be a five-part miniseries. And this basically takes place back when Storm actually became leader of the Morlocks, but she was also like leader of the X-Men because Scott Summers left. So this is like around Chris Claremont's run of issues one, I'm going to say 169 170. So this is like after those events. So this is like still relatively early on. She's in charge. It's her Kitty Pride, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Colossus, and Rogue. And you know, basically this story takes place there and there's this underlying theme of Questioning Storm's leadership and the way she handles things, especially by Kitty Pride, who is somebody Storm actually took onto her wing early on um, in the X Men run. And this is just, I guess, Kitty's reaction. But along with that, there's some mysterious things happening where, like, Mystique and I guess the Brotherhood show up and they attack this facility, which, of course, had the X Men you know, defending it, and it turns out that Mystique was kind of lying about a few things, which I means Mystique, she's not going to tell the truth. And then Storm, after the event, uh, bumps into this guy, and he's like a, um, a tech-like genius, and he's working on weather control and things like that. But then by the time we fast forward a bit, Towards the end of the story, you know, Storm is caught in the middle of literally a storm and she can't control it, which is kind of interesting being that she controls storms. So, I mean, without giving too much away, you definitely get the hint of a character I've never seen before. So you never know if you're a specker, there may be something new in there for you. Mm -hmm. But overall, it was a solid read. It's enjoyable. If you're an X-Men fan, if you're a Storm fan, definitely pick it up. if You can. Try to get that 1 in 25 cover because it's a beautiful cover. I should know because got that too. Boom. So that was definitely an interesting read. Um, Next up would be um, King Spawn number 22, which is Sean Lewis and Fernandez, Javi Fernandez, I believe. And his artwork is amazing. Which you know helps with the story, um, and Sean Lewis has been doing this since I think issue one, so he's twenty two issues in, and it's a it's a really good read. So like if you're a Spawn fan and you want something that's a little different than the main title, I would definitely say pick this up. And this issue, we find out more about what's going on with the Exodus Corporation and how and why they're salvaging bodies, roughly you know uh, especially people's minds, and they tried to get Sam. Uh, anybody who doesn't know who Sam is, uh, from Sam and Twitch, these are the two NYPD officers that kind of, they have a familiar relationship with Spawn. So anyway, Spawn ends up saving Sam, and then they have this one person that works for Exodus, and then she leads them into this warehouse, And because Spawn needs to know what's going on. Like, why are you salvaging these body parts, these people's minds, and how is it tied to his adoptive daughter, Finger Cyan, Mm-mm. who is the daughter of his wife who married his best friend, Terry. Yeah, oh, it's the whole thing, people. Believe believe, believe it or not. And Cyan's an adult now. And she's actually got powers of her own, which is kind of cool. But like I said, it all ties together. And, you know, I really am enjoying this book. And for $2.99, it's, it's really a steal. Exactly. Cover A or cover B is literally fire. Yeah. And speaking of fire, my last book is... Static Shadows of Dakota let's number go, four. Let's go. Now, this book to me was amazing for several reasons. One, Nicholas Draper Ivy, his cover art is always amazing, his interior art is still amazing. And his storytelling surprised me, not because I don't think he's a good storyteller, but a lot of times these guys do one or the other. Some some people can tell a story and right, do artwork, but right. some guys they stick to either telling stories or doing art. Exactly. In this case, he's doing both. I think with Vita Ayala, also with the story. So basically, this picks up where Quincy, who's a young genius, who I'm not going to say she he's being mentored by Virgil Hawkins, mm-hmm. aka Static, but right. he kind of is like you know he he's he's got that big brother role and. Now Quincy's missing. So now his parents are looking for him and they're like freaking out like any decent parent would. And the police are like really of no help. I mean, they're kinda looking, but they're really not because their whole situation is, you know, we
0: have have bigger brown community. We have bigger
1: problems. Exactly. We 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 have bigger issues right now. Uh, we've got these bang babies to deal with And they kind of even imply that How do you know your son's not involved in all that And that's that's kind of insulting Because you don't know this kid But anyway So Static of course being that he has a relationship He goes out hunting Trying to hunt down the people Or find out at least what happened to this kid And then he comes in contact with Ebon or Evan Depending on how you want to say it Who is oddly enough looking for the same people And Mm-mm. Needless to say their first interaction yeah it wasn't really good mainly for static evan's always been one of my favorite quotey finger villains from the cartoon but i like the dynamic between these two characters because if you look at them they're literally night and day you look at virgil hawkins he's got a perfectly good support system at home he's got his loving mom his, his his intelligent and protective father he's got his wisecracking sister he's got a family Ebon's only family is his brother who is missing and he literally spends his entire existence in the shadows in darkness and it's kind of just interesting to see how they play off of each other throughout this entire issue because even if you don't necessarily agree with Ebon's uh way of doing things like a really good villain you kind of can relate you know i mean Mm-hmm. And it makes for compelling reading. And honestly, if you're a fan of static, or even if you're just a fan of good reading and art, I would definitely recommend picking this um issue up and you know, giving it a try and going back and picking up the other ones or pick up the trade paperback. You you gotta remember this is a very uh niche hobby that we're involved in. And you know, I say this to you guys every week, you know, go out, start a poll list, go to your local LCS, support the hobby you know but you guys take it easy um next week is from what i can think is going to be a big week and on uh, oh on a last note i will point out there's a couple of honorable mentions i just didn't get around to reading them and that would be bishop war college number 4 is out and nick fury number 1 which is a rather thick book. That book is five ninety nine, yes. but it's yes, thick.
0: It is. Yes, it is. So I'm gonna I'm
1: <laughs> gonna enjoy diving into that one later tonight. And you know, me and you, Amir, we're gonna we'll, we'll we'll talk about that one off air. But sure. I definitely am gonna. Um, I want to read that tonight and see what they're what they're about with this with the whole new secret invasion coming up. This might be something interesting, or maybe tied into it in some way. But we'll see. I All definitely right. am gonna give it a read, and then we'll see what happens. You All guys right. take it easy. All
0: right, appreciate yep. you JT man. We'll catch you next week on that uh, that busy week of comics again. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, so I took another sip of my coffee. But it's still time for tea right now. okay? Uh, we're just going to call Wednesdays going forward, maybe water cooler Wednesdays or something like that, because uh, the world is going crazy right now. And now we're going to switch over to the D.C. side of things. Uh, James Gunn was super angry on May 20th. Uh, He put out a tweet. Basically telling people not to believe everything that they hear on social media and these crazy rumors and that he thinks he's probably going to slow down on calling things out. Uh, And he said, sorry, I, you know, I know it's not one of my favorite traditions. And basically what he's saying is. You know, he kind of addresses some of the BS that comes out, you know, but he usually keeps it simple. You know, if people have these ridiculous uh, specs and spec talks that they have uh, for the movies and stuff for DCU, sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says, yeah, maybe. We'll see. Um, but basically, what he said he said, one, some people are making up lies to get attention from me or to get clicks. I don't want to encourage that. Two, I've read a hundred rumors this morning. One of them is half true. So I don't want to be used as a way for people to throw nonsense at the wall until something sticks. Three, I'm storyboarding Superman legacy. I don't have time. Have a great day. And then he put the little mermaid man again. I'm not really sure what that means. Um, but first off, let's take the good stuff. Uh, Superman Legacy is being storyboarded right now. I'm excited. I don't know about you, but I am very, very excited about that. Uh, I'm looking forward to that movie, especially after seeing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. James Gunn, sir, you are you're you're getting it together. You're getting it together now with this comic book movies and stuff like that. So, you know, good on you. So let's talk about this, these rumors that he's so angry about Um, and the rumor or the word on the street or the T, as some people would say, is that Tom King might be the writer for the Green Lanterns series that's going to be coming out on hbo max all right also it's uh you know it has been revealed that uh damon Lindolph, uh i think that's how you say his name he's going to be the executive producer um and that tom tom king will be the writer is a rumor uh yeah, a lot of people are upset about that because Tom King had a hell of a time with the Batman run. If most of you remember, I know I do because I spent a lot of ciabatta on Batman during that time Um, for it to not really go where I wanted it to go. All right. But I will say this. Tom King is actually. A pretty damn good writer, especially when he has series or 12 issue maxi series like he when he has a, a middle beginning and an end where they, he knows exactly what he's going to do in that space. He's a damn good writer. I mean, he's won an Eisner Award, for God's sake. So the guy can write. Like We're not going to sit here and disrespect him like he can't write because he had a few bad runs. But I mean, this guy has written, you know, Superman up in the sky. He wrote uh, Strange Adventures. He's ri- writing or maybe he's done with Human Target. Uh, I've heard of nothing but great things about that, which is something that I do uh, want to get a trade for. And he also wrote Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, which that is actually going to get turned into a DC movie at some point. So Tom King is actually a talented writer. OK, uh, and I know that he is he it was already announced that he was going to be like on the creative team, like the overall creative team for where the DCU is going to be going in the future. So he's going to be in the room already. Um, and I'll be honest with you. I would not be mad about him writing a Green Lanterns, uh, a show, a TV series. I mean, the series are probably only going to have about eight to ten episodes if we're lucky. Um, it's it's already been said that this is going to be something in the lines of um True Detective, so it's got to have that darkness to it, you know. And that's something that Tom King is really good at. Um, he's never actually played in the Green Lantern world of things, so I think it would be really dope to see what he can do. And I believe he was like an FBI agent or something. Like I I know, I think he was a government officer of some sort. I can't remember, but I know he had something to do with arresting people. Let's just say that. um So I mean, people, you know, this is the world we live in when it comes to comics. Um, people get their panties in a bunch, and you know, they they get real upset and sensitive when it's somebody that maybe they don't like and they feel that the rest of the world shouldn't like them either but the truth be told is tom king is a eisner award writer and you got to put some respect on his name that's not an easier award to award to win um, we've had a lot of great writers that haven't won that award You know, Rodney Barnes being one of them. Let's get that done. But I will say that I'm interested in seeing what Tom King could do for this uh, series if the rumor is true. You know, we've run so far with the rumor, we don't even know if it's true anymore. But I'm looking forward to seeing that show. Uh, That was one of my favorites that was announced by uh, James Gunn and Peter Sanfran. So, you know, we'll see. But with that said, that'll do it for today's episode of the One in 100 podcast. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, if you are new to the podcast, please hit that subscribe button. You don't want to miss out. We're here three days a week Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday at 6 a.m. Start your day off with the One in 100 crew. Um, and for those that are returning, Thank you very much. Continue to share with your friends and let them know what we're doing over here. And remember, man, we are now sponsored by the comics on coffee. Uh, you know, business corporation. Uh, They have a lot of selections of different coffees. They got different mugs and all kinds of things like that. And I'm going to get more information on things that they would like for me to promote. But until then, if you want to go get some coffee, go do it. Hit that link in the description below. Uh, You get 15% off. All right. So don't miss out. Go get that coffee, go get that mug and be dope like me. But with that said, you guys be good to yourself and be good to others. I'm your host, Amir, and this is the One in 100 podcast.